Ooh, we're live. I'm going to make Russ edit that out just to annoy him. Um, Oh, (laughs) alrighty then. Uh, Welcome to the second episode of the Archie Digest, where we talk about Riverdale. We're three guys in our 30s talking about the CW teen drama, which is about Archie, Betty, Jughead, Veronica, and the rest of the gang. Um, Cheryl. And Cheryl, yes, and Josie. Josie. Yeah, so, you know. A couple of pussycats. And Kevin Keller, you know, so we're not forgetting them. We're just not mentioning everybody immediately. Um, Reggie. (laughs) Anyhow. Uh, we're ta- we're here to talk about the second episode. What is the title again? Russ? A touch of evil. A touch of evil. I'm Chris. Which Hainer. actually, oh yeah, he's Chris Hayner. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he writes for Screener, which used to be zapped to it until they pulled a free form on us. ScreenerTV.com. And you are. I am Russ Burlingame from ComicBook.com and the Emerald City Video Podcast. And I'm Craig Byrne from KSiteTV.com and a million other things. Um, uh, before we get into the, the formal discussion that you had laid out, actually, it's worth mentioning at this point that uh, in addition to Jughead's, like, noir narration, all of, the, all of the episodes are also, like, named after noir movies yeah. and books and things. Like the last one, technically they renamed they renamed the pilot. It wasn't called just pilot anymore. It was a, it was the River's Edge. That's right. Um, and I can't remember what the next two are that we've already seen, but uh, I remember. Oh, the last, the, yeah, last four, picture show. Four is the last picture show. I only remember that because it is one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Episode eight is called Back to the Future. No, I'm just kidding. Really not that. Does that mean episode ten is Back to the Future Part? No. We're not going to get our time traveling arches yet. Universe. Unfortunately, uh, interestingly enough, the first season of Dawson's Creek, all of their titles were movie titles as well. But for some reason, on the DVD and in syndication, they retitled the episodes. That's but okay. They also gave it a much crappier theme song. They did that I love. See, I don't. I, I I feel like when I watch Dawson's Creek on DVD that somebody like turned down the volume and then just started to play a different song instead. My heart is in my... <laughs> my head is in the clouds. Something. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, episode two, A Touch of Evil. Maybe it's referring to the way Miss Grundy touches inappropriately. Oh. Um, but... Grundy. One thing I wanted to start with is, you know, we've seen some of the early reviews of the pilot. I also wanted to talk about the ratings, which I didn't write down, but we will. Um, And, you know, there were some people I know, like the comic book creator Tony Isabella hated it. Um, But uh, some of the criticism said that this wasn't like the Archie that people expected necessarily. Do you feel that episode two was more like the Archie that people would expect? Me? No. And I don't think it should be. I feel like I've I've had this discussion so many times with people, people my age, but also sort of people in like their upper 20s, early 30s, who are like, this isn't anything like the Archie Ice. It's like, yeah, because the Archie you used to read doesn't exist anymore. And but, also, frankly, like, there used to be a TV show that was like that kind of Archie, and people wouldn't watch it now. Oh my god! I, yeah, there was like back in '90 they did a show, and it was to Riverdale. Was it to Riverdale and back again? Yes, it was yeah. a reunion movie. And it was terrible. Don't get me wrong. Lauren Holly as Betty Cooper is great, but the show was. What about Jughead's like Sugar Sugar Rap? I rewatched that this week. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. <laughs> but like, honestly, a show like the original Archie comics didn't really play well in 1990. It wouldn't play well at all now. As an animated thing, maybe, but, like, mm. who wants that? Archie's weird mysteries. I mean, I kind of want, like, an Archie Digest animated series, but I want Riverdale, because this is... I, I, I'm into it. Why isn't the new Archie's on DVD or Netflix? That's the real question. That's a good question. Um, see, there for me... Definitely- oh. Go on, Russ. Uh, I was just going to say, it definitely isn't, you know, quote-unquote, more like the Archie you'd expect, but there definitely was a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and, and a few more kind of winks and nods in that direction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got uh, Jughead referring to him as pal, which I, I thought was probably like a, a, a wink and a nod kind of moment. And, you know, you see those four come together at the end of the episode in a way that, that feels oh. like it's going home. And then, you know, you had little things like uh, how Archie talks about his kindergarten teacher and name drops the teacher from Little Archie Comics. And, <laughs> and somebody calls response. him Little Archie. Yeah, exactly. Somebody <laughs> calls him Little Archie. Or no, no, no. Actually, he, reca- he recalls the story of Betty calling him Little Archie when they were that age. Okay. Yeah, see, okay, for me, I actually felt like the episode was a lot more tra- quote-unquote traditional Archie than the pilot, which got very dark and Twin Peaksy. I thought episode two was a lot... I mean... Did you not think this was dark? Oh, uh, yes, there was definitely darkness. I mean... There's still a dead kid floating in the river for crying out loud. But what I mean, though, is you you had those certain, like, Archie tropes. Like, you have Reggie being a total asshat. You have Josie and the Pussycat singing. And you have that wonderful scene that we've all talked about where all four of them are at the diner at the end. And is, yeah, that's my favorite thing. That In the four episodes, we've seen that one shot of the four of the sitting at a table at Pops is, yeah. is amazing. I mean, it, and I could be wrong. I noticed in the closing credits that there was somebody named Goldwater who was credited, who I'm assuming is the son of John Goldwater, who might have been the guy at Pops at the end of the episode. And yeah. to those who don't know, John Goldwater is a very important... I think he's the president... Or, well, John Goldwater Sr. Is one of, one of the MLJ. Yeah, yeah, MLJ and co-creator of Archie. And his son... John Goldwater is now CEO of Archie okay. and the main man behind spearheading the entire relaunch, which thank God we got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, <laughs> but anyway, one of the things you can't like undersell in terms of like the reason that Riverdale exists is because like, not only do these characters resonate with people, but also like they've taken a very active role in trying to, modernize Riverdale in a way that doesn't lose what makes them special and doesn't feel like just an unnecessarily grim and gritty kind of reboot. Uh, And basically it started with the introduction of Kevin Keller. I mean, when they introduced a gay character, like it was kind of a shot across the bow saying like, look, we are not going to let this be a weird thing. We're going to have a gay character in our kids comic. Um, And, um, sorry. No, no. Uh, one thing that Roberto mentioned to me when we were uh, doing an interview at TCA is that Kevin is one of the few major characters from any big publisher in the last 20 years that's really clicked. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could argue like Harley Quinn, obviously, but she premiered in the cartoon, mm-hmm. and Deadpool, but that was over 25 years ago, and he was a fairly derivative character to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day that it's like, uh, when you look at superhero comics, you look at the characters that like were created post crisis, and even you know for Marvel, let's just say post crisis because it's a good demarcation. Yeah. Um, there's like maybe five of them that really resonated to the point where they make money and could potentially be their own franchise. It's like Lobo, Deadpool, Booster Gold, and then you start running out of ideas real quick. Where's, <laughs> where's Moon Knight? Moon Knight, I, Moon Knight premiered in, like, 1972. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. we're by night okay. number 33. It's okay, I don't care about him anyway. No, just a, wait till he gets he a Netflix a, show. He was a joking addition to this list, because he's terrible. Where's Darkhawk? That's the real question. The he's getting an action figure soon, which makes me think they have plans for him, but oh, probably. there's a tangent. Well, uh, but what I, what, I, what, I want, what I will speak to, to this episode versus the first one is I felt there was less we like less over the top name calling. Yeah. Like there there wasn't like a lot of like basic bitches and like well, Teen Outlander and like the red headed ginger timberlake or what like Yeah. Ginger like damn yeah. it, that's what it was. But they did have the lines from Reggie to Jughead where he calls them like Suicide Squad and Dunny Darko. Yeah, for, but though, I mean, <laughs> like, but it, those those are less punny names. Yeah, like, they, the I I love the pilot, but there were there are a lot of puns that are like indicative of like this feels like the direction they thought they were going to go when they made the pilot, and now maybe they're just kind of leaning off of going so heavy with that. 
Uh, I have a question, actually, when when we talked about this stuff before we started recording. Why is Hermione Lodge working at Pops now? Because, but yet she can afford that penthouse with Smithers? Uh, well, she owns the penthouse. Yeah, the penthouse is already paid for. It's bought and paid for. But she still has an HOA fee. You, you don't know that. And had, is Smithers already paid for, too? Probably. Okay. Well, I mean, no, I was just right. like wondering that when I watched and she suddenly he, pops, I'm like... He actually owes Hermione Lodge a life debt. Okay. Um, she saved him from a dragon in 1984. Was the dragon Alice Cooper? No. Oh. Not yet. I, I will say, though, that uh, to that point, Craig, even if we assume that, you know, Hiram took care of the butler and that the house is paid for and the blah, 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 there's still the matter of having cupcakes flown in from New York special to make up with a person you met yesterday. Yeah, it's true. And flowers. Well, it turns out, uh, it's going to be hilarious when it turns out Veronica has like a stash of money she hides from her mom. <laughs> it's because Veronica killed Jason Blossom. It's true. She's a hired hitman. Yeah. Assassin. So, one thing I noticed when I put out the call for questions when we're at TCA, there are a lot of people asking if there was any chance Betty and Veronica could get together. Uh, in this episode, we had some kind of flirtation from Cheryl to Betty until Betty kind of, or until Cheryl kind of turned on her. Is Cheryl just that manipulative? What's going on there? I I think Cheryl's an insane flirt to everyone at a certain level. Um, I think it's just her personality, and I think she also doesn't try to rattle people. Like that's how she figures out. Like, can I get to these people? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that sounds about right to me. And I think that at no point in that, as a, like as an outsider watching the show, uh, at no point did you believe that she was actually like turning a corner and being a better person. Like it's like literally you could see from the moment it started that she was trying to befriend Betty to hurt Veronica. Um, and, and so when it then turned out she was also trying to hurt Betty, it was just kind of like, more Cheryl for your money. It's like Cheryl Blossom is a bigger supervillain than anyone on any of the DC shows. Until Terry Hatcher comes Oh my in. God. She just wants to destroy. And I kind of love it. I kind of love it. Uh, when Betty threatened to kill Cheryl, do you think she was serious? <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I think that when, when you're in the position that Betty is where she already kind of hated this person, she already, like, there's all this baggage wrapped up in this relationship, but Betty, like she's like Supergirl, she wants to see the best in everybody, and so I think that Cheryl was taking advantage of that kind of sense of naivete to worm her way into Betty's life for a day, and I think that Betty was going into it with blinders on, not thinking about the fact that that was a possibility, and so I think that when they pulled the when she pulled the rug out from under her, it was traumatizing. And that Betty was like, okay, I'm going to fucking snap now. Well, do you think the show could actually make the killer someone iconic that we know from the comics? I mean, well, I don't think it's going to be Betty, first of all. I think <laughs> Betty was definitely serious when she, when she flat out said, I, like, leave now or I'll kill you. Because let us not forget, Betty has some issues uh, with her brain that could seemingly give way to a fairly vicious side. I don't think it, she... You know, it's funny because... Mm-hmm. Sorry? Go right ahead. No, yeah. I, I was gonna, it, it's funny because in the pilot, I almost didn't, like... They sold it in such a way that in the pilot it was almost like, yeah, the Adderall thing is mostly just her mom instituting yet another thing to try and keep control of her. Mm. Whereas in this episode, you start to see the cracks and you start to see like, Oh no, she, she straight up needs it. Yeah, um, we dig which, her nails in. Uh, yeah. That was the premiere. Blood. Yeah. You're like, That's there, there's a rage. There's a rage there buried and mm-hmm. come to the surface at any moment when it does. It's gonna be ugly. So, so it won't be Betty, but it could easily be like Reggie. Who's the killer, right? It could. I have my theory. Are we doing theories now, or are we saving that for the end? Do you want to do theories now? Because can... I've got a theory. Okay. Let's save it until the end, because okay. it's going to come into play with some other stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, 
speaking of Reggie, we finally got a pretty decently sized Reggie scene. Reggie's great. Where, you know, not only does he point out what, you know, that Big Moose was at the lake with Kevin, uh, he also starts just kind of like making innuendos that Jughead was the killer. Can, also, how did he find out that Moose was at the lake? Because, because they, what, they called the cops together? I And I'm sure that like, Sheriff Keller, who's Kevin's dad, probably mentioned it. I mean, but if, the, if if Moose was smart, he would have been like, call the cops and Actually, please don't tell them I was there. Kevin had the line where he's like, and I had to explain to my dad why I was at the lake with Moose at, you know, whatever time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, I think that, Moose dropped the ball. I don't think Moose dropped the ball. I think that, that the issue is that uh, they spent so much of this episode, like, hammering home the point that Archie and Miss Grundy were essentially terrible for not being forthright with the police and with everybody. Uh, I, I feel like it might've put them in a weird position to try and write another one of those conflicts into this episode and then not address it. That, yeah. That, I, I actually had, I hadn't thought about it. That makes a lot of sense. It's bad enough that they've already got one set of people. Yeah. Like, no, we weren't at the lake. <laughs> I just want to know what Midge thinks of all this. Where is Midge? Has Midge even been kept for the show? No, I don't know. I yeah. thought that I thought that Cole said at our set visit that they were going to do that they were going to do Midge, but it, it could be that I'm wrong. So um, we finally got to see Mr. Weatherby, and he's not young or hot. Were you surprised? Thank you. <laughs> I'm so thankful that we had a realistic casting in terms of a, an educator on this show. He is a bit thin was, to Mr. Weatherby, though. Fair, but at least he looks like, like, I oh. believe he would be the principal of a high school. Yeah, oh yeah. And he kind of looks like, he, he reminds me of, like, the, the black version of the principal from Back to the Future. <laughs> nice. Yes, slacker. I just like <laughs> his whole, like, just his authority and that whole bit about, you know, where you saw how Archie was, like, looking in there. I thought that was, like, really well also, done. Also... I don't know if I'd buy that. He seems like a bit of a minor. But like, Archie, I looked you in the eye for about three seconds, and I can tell you know something about this dead kid. Maybe we should talk. Like, really? Maybe maybe Weatherby's doing it with Miss Grundy, too. Oh, thank God he's not my principal. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have gotten away with anything. Well, how much of a manipulative creepster was Miss Grundy this week? Listen, I said it last time. I'll say it again. I don't trust Miss Grundy. I haven't trusted her since the very first moment I watched the pilot. Her name's Geraldine. No one <laughs> like that. Named Geraldine is to be trusted. She's not right. And she was... Okay, so... I, I guess the big scene this week was her and Archie in the music room. He's like, I kind of want to tell someone. And she's like, don't. He's like, well... If there's nothing here, I don't know what I'm protecting. And she immediately switched into like, but I like you. There is something here to protect. It was so oh, yeah. self-preservationist. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man. Which ironically, like, the, the, the fact that she went so all in on it and didn't soft pedal it at all is mm-hmm. what ended up screwing her over with Jughead. Because, like, had she, uh, had she been like, yeah, yeah, there's totally something here. We just can't make out at school. Um, while jumping through the yeah, window, all just, creepy like just show up yeah. at my house at three in the morning shirtless. That's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, it, but yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it. Sorry, she went all in saying, very quickly. Oh yeah. Well, and see, there's there's elements of that that kind of there's so much actually. One of the things that really I really like about rewatching the show for the podcast is that there are so many little things that you pick up that play totally differently once you know some of the stuff that's coming up. Hmm. And some of the Grundy stuff this week makes so much more sense in a week or two. Um, and I, we just can't talk about that right now. Um, you mean but same thing with to be an alien. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When she- Revealed as the Black Canary. That's right. It's a yeah. super weird adaptation of that Bruce Coville book, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so actually, here's a thing oh. that I wanted to just mention uh, that kind of plays into that same idea. Like when you watch the pilot, and then you watch this episode, 
with the knowledge that Cheryl, like, like when, when you, when you, I, now I shouldn't say this cause I can't remember for sure. No, be careful. Yeah. I think you Russ, write down the time code cause you have to cut this <laughs> talking about episode three. Okay. Well, I, I'll skip it then, but the, it, there's stuff going on with Cheryl that when you look at her performance in hindsight, you're just like, Holy damn, she was doing a lot of stuff. I didn't catch. Well, it's interesting. As we got to the end of this episode and Cheryl, first of all, she says, you all know, you might as well see it. I'm guilty. And she puts her hands out in this very overdramatic way. It's perfect. But then you get the tag, the tag up on that from Jughead's narration that like what, what they'd come to learn is that he didn't die 4th of July. He died a week later, which I don't know how they told that because I would have assumed that like sitting for months in a lake or in a river would like wash away lots of evidence. But like, what is she guilty of? Because there was a week between when she said Jason went underwater and when he actually died. She's guilty of creepily sharing a milkshake with her brother. Oh, they're so weird. That was so weird. Yeah. About them is so weird. Well, there were people speculating. I saw it, you know, this past week where they're like, is something going on between Jason and Cheryl? And then you see that scene at the like top of episode two, and it's like, yeah. I get the as as I watch what little tiny hints we've seen of that relationship. I get the i I get the feeling that like there is there is an element of true love, but it's not necessarily romantic. I feel like they're just the they're they're the only two people in their own twin world. Mm-hmm. Twin test, yeah. Well, and then, that's that's really how Madeline described it to me at Comic Con, was that, and and this is obviously like I hadn't seen the pilot yet, and and blah 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 blah, but like the way that she described it was that, um, like Jason was her whole world, mm-hmm. and so that like everything you see from her now is like through the prism of like her whole world collapsed on top of her over the summer, and she's trying to keep it together. And we also know that she was really pissed that Betty's sister took Jason away. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's part of her yeah, issue. The, the polling of it all is very interesting. It makes me wonder what Cheryl was like while Jason was dating Polly. Mm-hmm. Because it, cause it, to go from, like, a lifetime of them being the only people in each other's lives to all of a sudden, like, wait, what's this all about? Like there had to have been some sort of divide there, and I, I'd like I'd like to flash back to that at some point. I'm sure we probably will. Okay. Hopefully. So, um, one of my favorite moments of the entire second episode, which is one of the biggest smiles I had all week when I was rewatching, is Josie singing "Sugar, Sugar." Can the we talk about the are rolling over in their grave? But it was so well done, no, and I want like a digital download like right now, oh, absolutely immediately. I'm surprised it's not. They're, yeah, they're straight up foolish if they don't release that by the time that episode, like by by this time next week, because obviously you know ideally this this podcast will be edited and this will be live shortly after the episode airs. <laughs> and as any of us who buy the season passes know, uh, they aren't actually that good about getting something up quickly. Um, but I've, uh, I've never bought a season pass, so I don't know. Oh, uh, I I do for a bunch of these shows because like I'm the guy who has to do like post mortem follow ups and all that kind of crap, and so like I want high res screen captures. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I um, I just I want to have it to listen to so I can keep smiling. I still think Ashley Murray's voice is amazing. <laughs> And I don't know, it just was cool to see Josie and the Pussycats. It is. Just in general, yeah. you know what I mean? No matter what they're singing. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the original Josie and the Pussycats, as portrayed by Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, and Tara Reid. But this is pretty sweet, too. Oh, yeah. And it's a great and- song, and it makes me excited to hear more of the music. Like, just, I don't know how often they're going to have a song in the show, I'm okay with one a week at this point, and then give me an album at the end of the season. Well, you know, I mean, they've already announced that the end of the season is the 75th anniversary, like Jamboree or whatever. Yeah, you know, there's going to be music there. Dale Hoedown, exactly. Yeah, but at a certain point, we're going to have to get like the Archie and the Josie 
in our genus band. Yeah. In his own band. Jughead and the Drone. Well, I mean, have you guys seen that Asha Bromfield uh, and KJ Appa recorded a song together? Did, yeah. No. They did. Yeah, it's on Asha's uh, Twitter feed. Uh, there's a, like, they shot an artsy black and white video of the two of them in studio. Not, yeah. I, I, haven't, I, I haven't listened to it. Is it good? Yes, and actually, um, so is uh, Haley, or Haley or Haley Law, um, uh, the other pussycat. Um, she has a, an EP, and it's like, it's not really my kind of music because I'm middle-aged and white. But um, you are. I am, but, but that's like, it's probably my kind of music because I'm all, I, I am all over the weird map. But like, yeah. But as far as this sort of music goes, um, it's it like it's a really like her voice is fantastic, and I found the the music really enjoyable. Just like putting it on in the background while I was doing shit. Um, so like, it's funny. Josie is the only one at this point who doesn't have uh, an actual like record out. You know, Get I, with it, Josie. I just God. noticed. I wish I knew the name of it, but um, I think Ashley just had a movie that showed at Sundance that got picked up by like Netflix or something. It's her and the Ra- La La Land. No, it's her and Rachel Crow from the X Factor. Huh. Remember her? No, she's like older now. She plays her sister in this. Is she related to Cheryl Crow? No, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. And but still, I mean, she's got another project, and of course, KJ Apa is in that dog movie that nobody's going to go see now. Oh, um, it's out and it's bombed. I think it's done. Yeah, so which sucks. Yeah, I, I, wanted, right. I found out they beat up dogs in it, or yeah. whatever it was. They, I shouldn't say they beat up dogs. That's a terrible thing for me to say on record. Yeah, there was uh-huh. questionable video that like the studio likes to claim was edited edited together in an unfair way. Fake news. Right. Um, <laughs> before we get off the topic of Josie and the Pussycat, so can we talk about, I like, I'm assuming you guys have seen it, there's a trailer for Riverdale out there that has Veronica wearing pussycat ears walking behind Josie in her pussycat ears. And No, oh, I haven't seen that. Have you not seen this? The Riverdale posted it on their oh. Twitter account like a week ago, and it freaked me the hell out because I was like, wait a minute. In fact, hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. I have. I took a screenshot. Nice. It's not going to be very useful here, but whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's jo- like flat out Josie. I don't, if, I don't know if she's joined the band. I don't know if this is like a one-time only thing. But they posted this trailer before the premiere, and it stuck with me because I was fascinated by the. There it is. Huh. Let me see. That's weird, right? She looks like Catwoman there. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's it's just and like so I started talking. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's um, yeah. At, at somewhere along the lines, it, like it seems like Veronica's at least going to temporarily be a member of the band, she, which is great Archie's because they band. have yet to mention that she can play any sort of instrument. But yeah, yeah, that's she's super enthusiastic and Archie can. That's distraction. Completely random, but speaking of middle-aged men talking about Riverdale, I want to hear Kevin Smith talk about Riverdale on his Fat Man on Batman podcast sometime. I he'd have to. I don't. Has he watched it? I'm sure he's watched it by now. I don't think he. Or maybe he, he doesn't he, have time. And by when I had interviewed him, uh, like two weeks ago. Well, it hadn't aired yet. Maybe they wouldn't give him a DVD. They gave me. A yeah, DVD. I'm sure that's right. But they gave everyone DVDs of this show. I had a neighbor who was an actress in a show. I used to get screeners of episodes before she would, and she would borrow them from me. Mm, what show? Uh, it was Laura Vandervoort, and she was on V. Oh, V. Remember that? Yeah. Remember when she was Supergirl? That was kind of awesome. Yeah, was, I mean, Melissa's better. To, Laura, I hope you're not listening. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but none of that matters because it's not Riverdale. Exactly. I'm sorry for distracting with Josie and the Pussycat stuff. That's just been something that's been on my mind for a week and a half now. Of like, wait a minute, why is Veronica wearing the ears? I need to know more. Well, I liked that after they did Sugar Sugar, you had, um, and during that whole like period of time, you saw a little bit of a friendship between Josie and Cheryl, just very briefly, where they give each other a hug. 
which I think is like a hint, you know, that they may have a friendship or a connection of some sort. I'd like for Cheryl to have a good connection with somebody. Other than her brother. Yeah, well, someone living. But also, how creepy was it when they had Jason's head CG'd on Archie's body running at the pep rally? I mean... Let's be honest. It's creepy enough that they they gave the only other ginger kid in the school the dead ginger kid's jersey right after he died. I don't know, man. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. I haven't been to high school in a very long time. By the start of the school year, your jersey, first of all, there are no football tryouts, right? Football tryouts happen during the summer, and you already have your number by the time school starts. So I don't know what the hell Riverdale High is doing to do this so late. At, like, but by the time school starts, football should already be happening. But wasn't Archie like bumped up from JV or something? Probably. Uh, no, he no he tried out. He went to tryouts. Oh, like that was he was like I can't make it to the quarry after school today, Dad. I got like a football tryout. Well, but maybe it was a JV tryout. Like, is that is there a difference? Is there a what? Is there a difference? Because like he was he thought he was trying out for JV, so maybe varsity was already. Oh. I don't know. That's the only well, thing I can think of. Maybe they had already planned on having Jason Blossom. They're like, oh, he died. Oh, we need another redheaded kid to take his spot in the team. <laughs> Hit that one. Exactly. Hit Andrew's kid. <laughs> I like when Reggie... Get, when get Reggie Ringwald's boy in here. I like when Reggie's like, well, I wouldn't kill him. He was the best player on our team. Oh. And yeah. the funny thing is, Jason Blossom's kind of... <laughs> and Jason Blossom is kind of scrawny. Which makes it kind of weird to picture him being the best football player on the team. Yeah, but if you look at the flashbacks, the trophy case is just filled up with pictures of Jason Blossom and trophies with his name written on them, as if nobody else has ever accomplished anything at that school. Like, he's clearly the greatest human being that ever lived, and they should have a more concerted effort to find out who killed their greatest human being. Well, you know, (laughs) maybe Cheryl is the one that made that, like, shrine of trophies. I don't blame her. So, when we finished the episode, what did you think Cheryl was confessing to? I don't even know. That's the thing. I don't even know. See, for me, I felt like... Because we talked about last week how I... By by the end of the pilot, I was like, yeah, she didn't kill him. Um, For me, I kind of felt like she was admitting to the murder, but I never thought that it was because she did the murder. I thought it was more because, like guilt mm. and that like she thought that she was going to get arrested anyway so why not make the the grand theatrical gesture yeah i i can definitely see that my thought was like there is she whatever she's confessing to she didn't kill him because this is it's episode two yeah like that would be insane for them to be like we solved the mystery now let's go have malts you know it pops yeah in that um, wonderful scene at the end that we've already talked about, like uh, twice now, I love it so much. But so, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what she's confessed to. I just know that whatever it is, it's got to be juicy because, like, where was he during that missing week? What do you think, Craig? Uh, that was actually my next question. Where was he that missing week? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe he was. No, I was going to say maybe he was trying to escape to find Polly somewhere. But Cheryl would oh. not have approved of that if she had known that he didn't drown. Well, you never know. Like if if I look at it, look at it this way: they she, he was the most important person in Cheryl's life. She loved him more than she loved anyone. Who's to say that she wouldn't she wouldn't cover his back no matter what? So you, you know think I mean? she'd be okay with him going to see Polly? I don't think she'd be okay with it, but I think she would begrudgingly do it because he's the love of her life. Yeah, I could see that, especially because her first go-to move as soon as she, like, sees the body uh, is to be like, oh, shit, well, I'm going to go grind my way into Betty's household and find out about Polly. Yeah. So does she think Polly killed him? Well, I mean, I think she asked that directly. I don't think Polly killed him. I think it's more likely that Alice killed him, but I think that's a little predictable, too. Yeah. It was the rocker Alice Cooper who did it. I still say Kiss killed Jason Blossom. The Ramones, whichever ones are still alive. Predator. 
Sharknado. Predator could kill Jason Blossom. He's a killer. They did Archie meet Sharknado last year. He wasn't killed by Shark Tornado, though. He's killed by a bullet to the head. But Tara Reid was in Josie and the Pussycat, so it all comes together. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) The ultimate crossover. By the way, guys, I just killed Jason Blossom. (laughs) Russ got a huge smile. (laughs) I I just love the idea. Um... Well, I also I should tell you because I finally got a great idea for this, and it's way off topic, but what the hell? Oh God! Um, I, I at New York Comic Con I picked up a sketch cover for Josie and the Pussycats number one, mm-hmm. and uh, I got it signed, but I didn't have any like there was nobody there to sketch it, so I just kind of brought it home as a signed sketch cover. And uh, I've, I've decided that what I want to do is I want to get uh, I want it to be a jam piece. And I want to do the, uh, you know, the the cover to the Flash one twenty three where the the, the oh. falling down. Yes. And, uh, two worlds. And have like, oh, yeah, Flash yeah, two worlds. Two yeah. Yeah. That's and I, I want it to be uh, the Cheryl Ladd version of Josie from the cartoon is the person cowering on the ground, and then like the movie Josie and the Riverdale Josie are the people running ah. to rescue her. I kind of love that. And then where's Dan DeCarlo's wife? Uh, that maybe she's operating the construction equipment. There we go. Now I'm thinking of the opening credits to Powerless, but it's totally Good opening credits. Totally different story. Um, so, as for like, do do you ha- does do we have theories on who killed? I I have a theory on who killed Jason Blossom. I wonder about you guys, because mine's dumb. But like, I'm like, yeah, I could buy it. What is it? I think it was Miss Grundy. I don't trust this woman. I don't trust this woman. And honestly, I can think of reasons why other people probably didn't kill her. Um, Or kill him, kill Jason. Do you think she was diddling him too? I don't know. But in my mind, I'm like, the only person I don't have a reason to to forgive is Miss Grundy. Like, she's, she's hiding something. I get the idea that she's hiding something beyond the relationship with Archie. That's why she, she wants, she is trying so desperately to stay out of the mix when it comes to, like, we weren't at, I wasn't at the lake. What are you talking about? I didn't hear the bullet shot. What are you talking about? But why would she purposely be at the lake? Well, I guess she wouldn't know that Jason was going to be there that day. Well, my thing was, if she, like, if she did for some reason, like, if, if there's somehow a connection, you know, to his missing week, um, her being there with Archie could provide her with a perfect alibi if everything goes to total shit. Because, like, if she, like, either had him killed or was involved in some weird way, then, like, yeah, you don't ever want to be there. But if you're there and you're clearly not killing somebody, then you it's kind of the perfect alibi because it's like, who's going to question your alibi when your alibi costs you your job and your reputation? Here's a well, question. But, okay, go Sorry. Ahead. Is it possible that Jason saw Archie and Miss Grundy, and that's why she had him killed while they're at the Sweetwater Lake? And taking that even further, could Cheryl have seen Archie and Miss Grundy? I think Cheryl would be wildly using that against okay, them. Yeah, 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 here's, here's my thought. Here's my thing. They spent 4th of July at Sweetwater Lake and they heard the bullet, correct? Or they, ho- they heard the, the gunshot, gun. yeah. Jason died a week later. Right. So whatever they heard wasn't Jason dying. So right. What, so what was it? And like that, that, that to me, I don't, that to me puts a, that doesn't, disqualify like see that and that was my thing that doesn't disqualify miss grundy from suspicion in my mind because no her her alibi is that like i was with archie a week before this happened no sister i don't there's yeah i mean there's something there i'm i'm intrigued by the fact and again again we might see more of this next week but i'm intrigued by the idea that uh cheryl you know, when they found her on the river's edge, um, like she was upset, but not apoplectic. And so I wonder, like, did she hear that shot and, or maybe she fired a shot? Maybe Jason uh, said, shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, I'm like, why wasn't she more worried that whatever happened to her brother happened? And then there was a gunshot. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Huh? Did she hear the gunshot? Well, yeah, and that was my first question was like, did she did she even hear it? Although I kind of feel like it's it's depicted as this kind of like wide open nature area. There's not background noise. I feel like a gunshot like we don't know how close Archie was to the action. And but we don't know well pretty clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I kinda wonder like I, and again, we don't really have context for like how close Archie and Miss Grundy were to Jason and Cheryl. Um so the idea of did Cheryl hear the gunshot could very well be tied to your question of did Jason see the, the affair? Because like if they were close enough for Jason to see them, then they should have been close enough for Cheryl to hear the gunshot. And what did Dilton Doily have to do with any of this? I don't know. Cub Scout leader, you know. It's what's the they name? Were just looking at nature in Archie Comics. What's the name of the really ugly lunch lady? Uh, hold on. Lunch lady. Dory. I couldn't tell you, but you know who I'm talking about, though. <clears throat> She's kind of drawn the same way they drew Miss Grundy in the really old comics, where she only had like one tooth. Well, I don't think she's on the show yet. She's Archie's next girlfriend. No. Yeah, I was just wondering if she's the, <laughs> yeah. the lunch it's, lady. But well, do, they did that you, on Buffy when they had the lunch. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, do you have a legit theory about who the killer might be? I don't. Like, I, if you had to name the killer right now, I. I I'm just going to say Reggie just to be... Poor Reggie. You're right. Reggie's really getting his ass beat by you today. At least he's not getting his ass pounded like Moose is. Oh. Wow. <laughs> First of all, they didn't They didn't even get to kiss. Well, they weren't going to kiss because Moose isn't into that shit. But Who like, they, says it didn't another time? Well, that sounded like the that was like a total like, like Reggie joke I just made. It's too. true. But like, that sounded like a first for both that sounded like a first for them at the lake no because first episode didn't kevin say something about the size of moose's appendage yeah but he said he said that in context of being propositioned okay it's true never mind plus they're i mean listen they're (laughs) they're they're high school dudes who have gym class it's not insane to uh, it's the idea that he might have seen Moose's appendage isn't like totally out of this world <laughs> we just went on a tangent high school's there. weird man high school's weird so actually, one of the things I was thinking is that, like because these kids are all 15 years old is it kind of messed up when like we there, it's a it's a teen sex drama there's gonna be sex like yeah. Well, it's weird. But it's now is it that... weird when thirty-some-odd-year-old dudes are talking about it on the internet. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. That's why I st- I'm trying. I wanted to talk more about who the killer is because that's less gross. Who do you think uh-huh. the killer is, Russ? I, I'm going to go with that same theory that, like, I think Grundy is involved somehow. I don't know that I think she actually did it. But I think that she's involved somehow, and that uh, that gunshot is somehow connected to her. Listen, man, I think we you're right. Kind of park she drives. She can't afford to pay a hitman. She drives an old oh, but, VW Bug. Maybe it was Smith. But who says he has to actually pay the hitman if she's sleeping with him? Oh snap! She made Archie do it. Archie's the killer. <laughs> That would be the most um, twisted show ever. Archie is a serial killer. Season two is just about Archie's life on death row at Riverdale Penitentiary. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, Bernice Beasley is the name of the lunch lady. Bernice Beasley. So another thing that I wanted to bring up, just because we didn't really talk about it, and then we probably should wrap up soon, is were you guys surprised by the ratings? Because I sure was. No. Okay. To a degree, but no. I, like, pushing back the return of Shondaland yeah. until Archie premiere night. Because originally, yeah. uh, TGIT was supposed to go the week before. Donald Trump did some stupid bullshit, and then it got pushed a week later. Well, actually, it sounded like Scandal kind of would have been a little too sensitive. Because apparently the president-elect... Spoilers for Scandal. The president-elect got killed, who was yeah. male. Oh. And... To run it the night before Inauguration Day was probably not the most tasteful thing to do. So, yeah. So they delayed. You know who doesn't deserve tastefulness? Our dear orange leader. Are we not supposed to get political? I'm sorry. I take it back. Our favorite orange people are Archie and Cheryl Blossom. I was going to say the Oompa Loompas. Them too. 
No, but like um, obviously pushing back scandal and uh, yeah. how to get away with murder. Yeah, are those the Thursday night shows? And Grey's Anatomy. Pushing those back a week to go up against the Riverdale premiere did no favors for that for the show, which sucks. And as much as CW, as good as CW is about putting the sh- the episodes on their site the next day, that player is not the most easy thing to navigate. Whereas how simple everything used to be with Hulu, yeah. Like so, you, it's not it's not just the thing of like you go to Hulu the next morning and it's in a it's a big image at the top of the page. To I, I did notice though, I got a lot of notifications from the Archie Comics app, which I do have on my phone, telling me you can watch Riverdale here, which was which is, kind of helpful. Is, it's it's good, you know, it's good marketing. But, oh, good, um, but damn it, that show needs to get more people watching. I was shocked that the CW didn't like pull, like, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend from Friday or something to re-air Riverdale, or, you know, pull I something. Mean, there's, I'm, I'm, I am willing to bet that they will rerun, rerun the season over the summer. Yeah. Just to try to build more. And, and, and do you think DVR will do well for the show? I, I don't know. Because the people... Does the C, like, I don't know how heavy the CW's audience uses DVR. Yeah, most of the CW shows get a huge bump oh, from DVR. Oh, do they? Well, then that'll be useful, but... But I was kind of shocked when I saw... I mean, they're relatively it, low numbers. I think those numbers want, I think those numbers most likely kept uh, Riverdale from getting a full order next year. But also, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Like, like a, a 13... Ep- I'm a big fan of a 13-episode TV season, especially for an hour yeah. long. Because... I like twenty-two episodes of the Flash is too many episodes, and I love the Flash. But like an hour, an hour-long show at twenty-two episodes a season—that's a lot to. But it out. still makes me sad that we still have only nine episodes of Riverdale left to see for season one. So I'm greedy. I want. I, I would like to see more. I'd like to see more, but not at the expense of story. Fair. Like I like if. If shorter seasons means no filler episodes, like think about how think about how awesome iZombie is because of the episode order. If they had a full twenty-two episodes, I I don't know if I would enjoy that show as much because some of the episodes would just be spinning their wheels, which is what the Flash has done for the. And honestly, weeks. even something like the Hundred, which I love, they get about sixteen episodes sometimes, and even then, that's like three too many. Yeah, I, I think we're as as sort of a. A viewing audience, we're getting thanks. To, thank God for cable and what cable has done because I think we're finally getting past the no. We need twenty four episodes every. Like, do you remember when twenty four was twenty four episodes every season? And how difficult that was in the mid eighties. Dallas had a season with thirty episodes. Saved by the Bell had, I think, a fifty episode season one year, but that was Saved by the Bell, and that was a weird show. But and they would alternate with the beach episodes. Yeah, it was weird, but. Yeah. But yeah, so I like if if Riverdale comes back for a season two at thirteen episodes, I consider that a win. Like, and I'm okay with it. I'm very curious to see what the ratings are like Thursday if they go up at all because Supernatural was down do. too, and Supernatural never goes down. Although Supernatural at eight is just a weird. Yeah, that's like I would actually probably prefer Riverdale at eight and Supernatural. Well, and nine. that and that was sort of my thought. I was very surprised. I almost wish they would have kept Legends on Thursday and given Riverdale the post-Flash slot to give them the Flash lead-in. But then there's I, This Is Us. That's what they're trying to avoid. Yeah, but This Is Us is almost over. But so, like, yet. so is, it, like that would be that would be difficult for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Or they well, could have... I think the bigger thing is that they, they're doing the, the Legends thing so they can burn off the rest of Legends and then seamlessly move into iZombie, which is what, you know... Whereas uh, I, there are too many episodes of Riverdale That's to true. do that. Yeah. Of course, I remember when The 100 premiered. It premiered in, like, the end of March, beginning of April or something, and they were running through June. Well, and that's and that's <clears> when uh, iZombie's dropping. Like, iZombie's first or second week of April. Yeah, yeah. like April 7th, I think. Yeah. And that's a long time, man. It is. Yeah, and so- I... Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up about episode two, A Touch of Evil, from Miss Grundy? I love Cheryl Blossom. Like, that's my big, t- my big takeaway. Like, 
episode one, it was like, I love Jughead. Arch. We didn't get much Jughead, but the Jughead we got was so good. It made it made me love betting Veronica. It made me kind of want to punch Archie in, in the nose, but in a good way. Like <laughs> episode two, like it, it it made me love Josie so much more. It made me love Cheryl. Like Cheryl is really really awesome. She's fierce. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, that. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm good. I, I was gonna say. I think that the 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 one big consistency that I've had throughout is that the Betty Veronica relationship is my favorite dynamic in the whole show. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the way that, and I, I even liked this episode because some of the, like the silly contrived fights between the characters, like when you compare the silly contrived fight uh, on tonight's episode of Riverdale to the one that happened between Supergirl and Jimmy on Monday, it's like, yeah, but Riverdale works because it's teenagers. Like they, they, they do that. Well, I, I think that's that is a huge plus for the show. Like the C, let's be honest, the CW is a network where angst and drama sells. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes the angst and drama can be sort of petty. It makes so much more sense coming out of teenagers than it does out of like professional journalists working for a nationally syndicated magazine. You know, I also have to say, though, as far as, like, the drama goes, like, <clears throat> certain TV fandoms, we know which ones I'm talking about, you have the fans who prefer one character over another, and usually they absolutely hate a certain character. You're talking about, you're talking about the originals, right? Exactly. It's like, you know, we can't stand Cammy. No, um, just kidding. <laughs> I liked Cammy. I know I'm the only one. But either way, like, I can't Russ think... has never seen the originals, I'm yeah, guessing. I have not, no. But on Riverdale, I don't think... I mean, aside from Grundy, who we're supposed to dislike, I don't think there's a character that I hate who is played by an actor or an actress that I can't stand either. You know, it's like, they're all really well-realized. Yeah, well, I mean, I and I think a major component of it, like, we've all... We lived through, like, the Beverly Hills 90210 era of, like, teen drama where it was all 30-year-old high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Like, these are kids. They're kids playing kids. I think maybe Cole, Cole might be, like, the oldest of the group at this point. But even so, like, he's sort of played as the, wise the old weirdly soul. wise sage of the group. Yeah. Just kind of sitting in the background going, hmm, most of the time. But, like, like KJ Appa is, I think, 19 playing 15. Like, I think some of them are like 22. Like, okay. Well, but they, they all, yeah. they all feel relatively young. When you go back to like uh first season of 90210, like Luke Perry was 28 years old in high school. That's insane. Gabriel Cartoon, I think was 39 years old playing 16. And now Luke Perry is still the oldest yes, person in the high school show. That's right. He is. <laughs> but but damn it, Fred is good. Fred is cool. So I mean, Gabrielle Carteris is going to show up as Archie's grandmother. Oh, <laughs> don't don't age shame. How dare you? I know we're old here, but uh, yeah. So, are we done? Do we? Have well, we what do you? What do yeah. you? What, what? Like what? What is your favorite thing about episode two? Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Cheryl too. I think you know Josie doing sugar sugar. Yeah, was just yeah. a huge highlight that just had me smiling the entire time. And it only took two episodes to get a pep rally in the town with Pep. That's true. I dig it. But can we talk for a yeah. second about why they're called the River Vixens? Because that doesn't seem like a high school appropriate cheerleader name. Am I wrong? Maybe they're just really big fans of Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, okay. My memory sucks, so forgive me. They're not called the River Vixens in the comics. I don't know what they are in the comics. I don't know. Let me see. Let me see if I can look it up on the Archie Wiki, which yeah. I actually still have open because the I was River Vixens sounds like a name that Cheryl Blossom would come up with. It do, no, actually, you know that, I mean? that, yes, that makes like if if Cheryl she Blossom like it. invented the team or like when she took control, she's like, "We're called the River Vixens now, not the Riverdale High Cheerleading Squad." Like, I would 100% buy that, but I wish they would explain that because they're like, I want to, like, hearing Betty be like, I want to be a river victim. I'm like, why? It just sounds kind of weird. Especially when you look, like, given, oh. 
given what cheerleader garb in the modern day has evolved into, which is a lot more scandalous than it was when I was in high school, they're dressed fairly conservatively. Like they're they're wearing classic cheerleader uniforms. Let me just put this out there as a, as a thing. Uh, and this might or might not be why they did this. Um, in the comics, I can't find any inkling that the cheerleading squad has its own name other than just being the cheerleading squad. However, when you look up Vixens, uh, there is a rival rock trio to Josie and the Pussycats called the Vixens that's managed by Alexandra. Oh my God. Alexandra. So I wonder if, Sure. Yeah, I just I wonder if that's what it is. Is that it's just a wink and a nod? From Law and Order SVU. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they would mention that character's name, I'd always like laugh to myself. I'm like, do they know what they just did? No. Yeah, you know it's funny because Alexander Cabot uh, is the name of that agent who I called Alan M like 36 times in our first episode. Oh. Oh. Oh, Alan M was the one that looked like Fred from Scooby Doo, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was so weird as a child seeing, like, the Scooby-Doo episode where they teamed up with Josie and the Pussycats because they were, like, the same character designs. And all, Actually, I recently, because my, you know, I have daughters, and so I recently put on an episode of the old cartoon, and because I was, I, you know, I, I was a boy, so I didn't really watch it a lot. I never realized exactly, how, like, it's not only the same voices, all of the interstitial music. Like, anytime there's music playing and it's not Josie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. all of that music is just recycled from Scooby-Doo. But wasn't Casey Kasem even the voice of the guy in the green shirt? I think he was, yeah. No, like, on Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, I was like, yeah, Casey Kasem was the voice of Shaggy. I don't know. Zoics, Scoob. Zoics! Yeah, so we, we're going on a tangent there again. But, yeah. It, That's all right. And also, I wanted to, like, we kind of mentioned it, but I do think it was cool we finally got a decent Reggie scene because who knows how many of those we're going to have with that actor having another job right now. Can I say what I'm excited, what scene I'm excited for next week, though? If it's not spoiler, go for it. Ethel Muggs. We're finally, uh, Barb, Shannon Purser, Barb from Stranger Things is debuts next week as Ethel. And spoiler alert, she disappears at the end of episode three, into not a, to be seen again. Into a swimming pool. It's very mad. <laughs> And we also get well, to meet. I, you know, yeah, I don't think that's spoiler. Yes. No, MDB. no, yeah, but you know. it's like it's. And, and, I'm glad they're introducing. They're, we're kind of getting to more of the comic book. They've 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 sort of laid the foundation. Then I'm like, here's the names you know. <laughs> now we're going to start throwing in some of the like second. So and third soon we'll see characters. Ginger and Nancy and Sabrina. Trilla Twist. Yeah. Lutz Newt. Lutz Newt. Yeah. Uh, Professor, F- like, did you notice their teacher was Mr. Phylum? I didn't. In episode two, yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. I like the little callbacks. So one thing that we didn't do on our first show that I wanted to be sure to do this time is if anybody has any questions about Riverdale or things you want us to bring up on the show, uh, just leave some comments on the Podbean's page. Uh rtdigest.podbean.com um, we're going to try to get this or tweet him or tweet, tweet him, him Craig. Yes. yeah at Riverdale TV I've got that account oh yeah so you can tweet me there uh, you know just if you have stuff you want us to talk about that would be great we're going to try to get the podcast on iTunes hopefully within the next couple of days I, I'm having a technical difficulty but uh, uh, I, I can always do it for you because obviously Emerald City Video is, and my defunct comic book podcast are both on iTunes, and I did that through Podbean. So, like, okay. I, I at this point, I'm an old hat at it. Yeah, I'm probably just doing something wrong. So, yeah. So, if you have questions or I things you want to bring up, subscribe. Yeah, I tried to go subscribe to it today, and I was like, "What the hell?" But thank you for everyone for listening. Um, we're going to say hi to Claire Gendel. Because she, she's probably listening right now. That's right. Hello, so, hi, Claire. I just waved you, Claire, and you can't see me because you're not actually watching our video. Yeah. I still miss her. Yeah. we Claire, like, Claire, you should come on the podcast with us. Yes? That's right. Sure. That would be kind of awesome. Claire so, has a podcast herself. And it has a cool name. I don't remember the name. Outlandish. Outlandish. The Outlander podcast. And then, But we could call us Teen Outlandish. 
Wrap it up, Craig. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, again, uh, you can find me at ksitetv.com, and my Riverdale stuff is at Riverdale TV. Where can we find you, Chris? Uh, I'm on a website called Screener. It's ScreenerTV.com. I write about nerdy, nerdy, nerdy things, and sometimes not nerdy things, mostly nerdy things. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Chris Hayner, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-E-R. I'm going to plug it until I die. Follow at Waterworld Photos on Instagram. And you, Russ. And, and I am, uh, I'm Russ from ComicBook.com, so you can follow me at Russ Burlingame, uh, or you can follow me at ECV underscore, or yeah, ECV underscore podcast, which is the Emerald City Video podcast. Um, I am currently working on a very exciting episode of the, of the uh, Emerald City Video podcast where I'm going to get an all-star group of folks together to do a commentary track for the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Uh, which does, in fact, name name drop Riverdale in the first, like, five minutes. Nice! All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Can and we get Jem to cross over into Riverdale just for fun? Can, can we get Jem the Holograms done right? Did you see the movie? It's not bad. It's not? No, it's kind of okay. I will say, though... Nobody saw it, and it was at a theater three days later, but it was all right. Everybody who's listening can mock me for this. I saw Gem and the Holograms was on Netflix, so I tried to watch it. That is some of the worst animation I've ever seen, and that's considering that the old Archie cartoons were by Filmation that did the episodes for like $50 a week. That's pretty good. That's a good price. You know, but yeah, it has not aged well. But, you know, anyway, so thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll be back to do this again next week. But yeah, leave some comments feedback you know encourage us more than just you claire ask ask us silly questions yeah ask us which team we're on betty veronica cheryl kevin whatever go for it thanks for listening on team grundy (laughs) (laughs) no felony (laughs) tilf tilf no i'm just kidding you can cut that part (laughs) all right we're done good stuff guys